Real Nerds listeners, here's an exciting interview from our time spent at Starfest 2013. Enjoy. Welcome to Real Nerds at Starfest 2013. We are sitting with Stant, and Stant, you are a novelist, and it's awesome to have a novelist on our show. We don't get too many of those because we do lots of film, but why don't you tell all the listeners what you do? Absolutely. Uh, Stant Latore, I write zombie novels, uh, The Zombie Bible. You can learn more at stantlatore.com, uh, S-T-A-N-T-L-I-T-O-R-E.com. A uh, big uh, film buff, particularly with zombie films, as one might imagine. So uh, it's a great podcast to be on. But yeah, the uh, Zombie Bible is a series of standalone novels. Each one takes a, uh, a biblical or historical story and retells it as a moment in humanity's long struggle against hunger and against the hungry dead. <laughs> Very cool. So where did you come up with the inspiration of this? Is it from watching zombie movies or just one day you're like, you know, what? I'm going to write zombies because it's fun. Uh, good guess. Um, it actually was a zombie movie. Uh, just a, a random thing. I'm, I'm a big fan of intelligent mashups, particularly when they're played straight rather than mm-hmm. tongue-in-cheek. Uh, I, you know, I just happened to be reading uh, an Old Testament story one week, and uh, the same evening I was watching the old 1960s black and white uh, Night of the Living Dead. Still pretty much my favorite horror film. I think it is the greatest horror film ever made because uh, the film is so wonderfully ironic and wonderfully done that uh, one you have uh, what the big thing was you know as a black man as a hero mm-hmm. and Absolutely. but you know also he told everybody you know board up the upstairs don't go in the downstairs the downstairs is a death trap and he ends up living you know through the whole zombie takeover and then the ending is so bleak and amazing that oh, no kidding just a brilliant vision a dark dark movie and you know some of the most um, haunting moments that I've ever seen in film stare in that movie uh there's that moment where the young woman's been dragged out through the window, yep. and there's a scene where the zombies are gathered about the body, sharing pieces of it in kind of this unholy communion. Yep. That's still, that scene haunts oh, me every time. I agree. When I was young, my grandmother used to take us to Walgreens, and we could pick any movie we wanted because they had like 99-cent <laughs> movies. And one night, I don't know why, I was like six or seven, I just wanted Night of the Living Dead. And for the longest time, I could never get past the part where they pour into the, the farmhouse. Because yes. that part used to mm-hmm. terrify me. And to this day, I still think it's the scariest horror movie ever made. And so well done. It's Yeah, it's hands down the greatest horror film it's ever. Like, it's like almost every fear that we have <clears throat> is yep. in that one scene. You have the fear of being eaten. You have the fear of claustrophobic small spaces. The fear of being overwhelmed in a crowd. All of it in that one moment. It's, it's, it's powerful stuff. And, and so, uh, you know, I was watching it that night and just thought... Well, what if, uh, you know, so, so much of these old traditions and old uh, biblical stories we have and so much history is tied up in how we think about our dead. How do we fear our dead? How do we care for and bury our dead? Uh, what happens if you don't bury and say goodbye to your dead properly? So I just started putting zombies in the stories. And then it's, it's resulted in these very passionate novels about grieving and about uh, the reality that in, in a world where the dead rise, the real evil the real danger is that people already devour people that that's, mm. that's what we do each 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 week in our history yeah so what was the first novel about then what did you what story did you focus on and how did you insert zombies into the story absolutely so i took a story of a dying city uh, the story old testament story old testament prophet jeremiah he's known as the weeping prophet it's it's uh, a lot of people call it the most depressing book in the bible <laughs> and i don't agree obviously because i love it but <clears throat> It's a story of a city that's under siege and dying, and it's this man who's in this Cassandra-like role of saying, guys, 
the people inside are starving. The only way that anyone in the city is going to survive is if you surrender this rebellion and open the gates of the city and the enemy soldiers will pour in and clean up and, and our, give our people food. But this, this rebellion is just going to result in a dead city. And of course, nobody listens to him. Well, in my version, of course, you have uh, an army camped around the city, besieging it. You have people starving. And it's really this parable about what happens when uh, you when the ruling class completely ignores everybody else. You have this starving city and a zombie plague festering in the back alleys of the city where nobody's looking. And uh, the prophet's message is so unpopular, the king and the priesthood throw him down this dry well. And he's suffering from dehydration and really nightmarish memories at the bottom of this well after having spent a year giving up everything in his fight to keep this city uh, fed and uneaten. So he's in this well, and once each day, his tormentors, his, prison, his, his, his jailers, throw uh, a, a, a living corpse into the well after him. And he's down there unarmed, in a loincloth, suffering knee-deep in the mud in this well, wrestling with the dead. And wow. in between this fight, this gruesome fight for survival, he's wrestling with the terrible memories of the sacrifices he made and the horrors that he's seen in the city up there, up above the well, the city that's dying. Um, it, it deals with some really dark stuff. That is. That's it sounds cool. super bleak. Yeah. That's just how I love my zombies. <laughs> uh, so you took that one, and was it uh, so did, So was that published, and it was so well-received that you decided that this is what I want to do. This is, I want to take these stories and create a mythology around them with zombies. Exactly, exactly. In fact, uh, my favorite review that I've gotten in these books started with the words, uh, Stant Latore has... Uh, rebuilt the zombie mythology from the ground up. Uh, and, and that's really what I'm out to do, is, is tell zombie stories in an entirely new way. Hmm. By, rather than imagining a zombie apocalypse today, imagine what if there were recurring zombie epidemics throughout our past? Wow. What if that shaped our past, our religion, our ethics, our culture? Um, <clears throat> I was already actually knee-deep into writing the next few when the first one came out, but it was very successful. I sold 6,000 copies of it in December of 2011, uh, just um, it, was a, it was a phenomenal success so yeah, I came right out with a, uh, another one in December of 2011 called What Our Eyes Have Witnessed that's set in 2nd century Rome oh, wow. uh, the, and, and, and it's, it's, it's this uh, haunting story really of an escape from slavery and the early martyrs and uh, Rome tearing itself apart over nobody being able to agree on where, why the dead are rising uh, the Roman elite think that the dead are rising because of the new the new religion you know the religion we know is christianity is starting up and the youth of rome no longer bringing food to the tombs of the ancestors well now the dead are roaming the streets devouring people so the elite of rome assume it's because the tombs have been left untended and their ancestors are literally starving uh and the uh father polycarp the, one of the main characters thinks that the dead are rising because the poor are being left unfed and nobody's paying any attention to the Roman ghetto, which was absolutely one of the worst ghettos in the ancient world. We think about the wealth and might of ancient Rome, but in reality they had this horrible, horrible ghetto that everyone else in Rome pretty much just ignored. A perfect place for a zombie epidemic to fester and grow. So do all these stories take place, I guess, in the same universe? Where yes. it's very cool, so it's not that each story is a standalone, it's kind of... I guess a book series, for lack of a better word. Right. You don't have to read them in order. Each one takes place in a different time mm -hmm. and, to some extent, a different place. But they do all exist within the same mythology. If you were to, uh, you know, and, and like, you know, I'm kind of using as my uh, source material 
uh, the biblical stories that most of us grew up with, but those span three continents, um, dozens upon dozens of cultures, and thousands of years. So there's a lot of material to work with, and they do all exist within the same universe. But each time you get landed in a different century, in a different time, where people have a very different system of beliefs about what the rising of the dead means and how they should confront it. So do you have, then I guess you have a certain mythology surrounding the zombies. Do they all um, rise the same way? Do they all have the same weaknesses? Do they all crave the same stuff? Some of, so they all don't just like some run, some don't run. Right, right. Did you? They're all, I'm oh, sorry, they're no, all no. classic slow zombies, Romero style. You know, like my big inspiration is Night of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're uh, you know, zombies, they, the virus is spread by, well, this is unlike Night of the Living Dead, but the virus is spread by uh, one zombie devouring a body and not finishing the job. So what's left of that body rises as a zombie. Um, but what I play with throughout the stories is that these people in our very, very distant past, our ancestors who don't have George, R. George A. Romero movies, they're, they're trying to figure out what the rising of the dead means and what these things are. So they all have very different beliefs about where the dead come from. But there is all one mythology. Um, uh, in the second book, uh, Polycarp tells this, this origin myth about where the zombies originally came from. And it's the story of Cain and Abel, recast, the first story of human violence. Yeah. And uh, Cain is ticked at his brother Abel, so he uh, smacks him over the head or beats him with this, this wooden club and throws him into a ravine where a ditch to starve to death. And so the first human being killed by a brother dies of starvation and thirst in this ditch and rises with all of it because all that hunger won't let him rest like a hungry ghost except he's embodied and he rises and Cain comes back to the ditch to gloat or maybe it's in regret who knows the point is uh, the body of his brother Abel seizes upon him and half devours him oh, and then Cain rises a, and you have the first zombie that's, that's a, awesome that's a great story yeah Man. and so the, the origin of the zombies is the first act of human violence that against, is so cool. Against one's kin, against I, one's brother. I think it's neat and, because, like, I think a lot of us look at these these zombie genre just in general and feel like it is so overwrought at this point that that, mm -hmm. that it feels like it's it's stagnant. Um, That's because, a risk. Because, mm -hmm. Yeah, because because yeah. it feels like well, you know, every now and then you'll see one that has an interesting take, but it's still a lot of the same things. And this is mm -hmm. this is like I've, I've definitely never heard of this before. Like I've never heard of somebody setting it even in the past. Mm -hmm. um, is is a, an entirely new way of of um, and, you know, portraying zombies and, and, and it adds such a twist to it. That, that sounds really cool. It's such a rich opportunity for, uh, well, pardon the pun, reviving the genre. <laughs> because the, as soon as we're looking into the past, we're really talking about how do we feel about our dead? How yeah. do we remember? And of course, our past lurches into the present metaphorically all the time, yeah. devouring us in different ways. Um, yeah, I really am trying in each book to do something very different with the zombie genre. Uh, you know, I described the first book. The second book, the main character, Polycarp, has a gift. He calls it the Apostle's Gift. It's, you know, it's based on early saints' lives. And he has this gift where he will look into the eyes of the living or of the dead, and he will see everything that you have ever been, everything you hoped, everything you loved and lost and regretted and feared. And so he, he gives the gift of absolution when he takes a zombie by the arm and, and meets its eyes. Yeah. Uh, and the, 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 the spirit buried so deep within that rotting corpse, finally able to let go, the body slumps to the ground. Uh, but of course, Rome uh, might burn him 
as as a as a witch or a heretic for this. Um, so each of these, wow, there's music in the back. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it actually totally adds to the story. <laughs> it's perfect. It's a perfect soundtrack to the zombie Bible. So each of these stories tries to do something very different. Um, the third novel is really 400 pages, epic novel in a historical context. It's set shortly after Israel's conquest of ancient Canaan, one of the early strife in the Middle East, very timely. And uh, <clears throat> the Hebrews were almost devoured by the dead during their wanderings in the desert. Uh, and out of that came this very um, uh, rigid uh, law and covenant and system and culture that they're absolutely committed to. A lot of these laws around cleanliness and around the correct burial of the dead. When, when, uh, one, when a Hebrew dies in this culture, in this story, they build a cairn of the heaviest rocks that they can above that body and mark the spot. It holds the zombie. If, if it's going to become a zombie, holds them to the earth. They're crushed down beneath these rocks. It also marks the spot so God can see and remember the dead so that any Hebrews can both revere the buried dead, but also avoid the location. Um, but then they enter into this fertile land that has never had to contend with the walking dead. And none of the peoples, none of the indigenous peoples in that land have those burial customs. None of them build giant cairns above their dead. So there's immediate strife between these peoples because the Hebrews take to blaming the other cultures there for the rising of the dead. They see their lax treatment of the dead as very, very dangerous. So it sounds to me, too, like you're doing a lot of two types of history study here. Doing a lot of zombie history, but history in real world. Absolutely. Is, is it important to you to have it historically accurate, or do you tailor your stories more so to fit what you're trying to tell? Um, I try to be as accurate as possible to the cultures and the way that they looked at the world. Um, I do a lot of research. I, I certainly will totally twist events uh, because the moment you enter zombies into the picture, things change. <laughs> yeah. Um, so absolutely, I'll I'll, uh, I'll 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 play fast and loose with specific events. Um, for example, in the third story, I take in a real battle, um, and I just replace one side with zombies. Uh, in the second novel, I take a character who actually died in uh, 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 in, in Turkey, and I transplant him to Rome. I make up a backstory. He went to Rome next. Um, but the cultures and the conflicts are all real. They're all real concerns our ancestors had. That's so cool. That is really cool. So how many books have you written on this subject? Uh, there are three novels out. Um, I'm uh, burning the midnight oil right now in the fourth one, which is the most ambitious one I've, I've ever attempted. But there are three out. Uh, Death Has Come Up Into Our Windows was the first to be written. You can read them in any order. Uh, what Our Eyes Have Witnessed is set in ancient Rome. And Strangers in the Land is the one you want. It's set in ancient Israel. It's the one you want if you're looking for, like, full-on, lots of action, uh, epic, with deep philosophical undertones, but it's really the, the epic one. Uh, what Our Eyes Have Witnessed is an escape from slavery and a saint's life. If you like stories about miracles and religious conflicts, that's your story. Death Has Come Up Into Our Windows is more dark, brooding, philosophical horror. Um, not the same degree of action. You have a character who's literally trapped in a well for three days, and the action is that people are chucking zombies in after him, and then he's flashing back to these grueling moments of these atrocities that he fought against in his city. 
That is so cool. That's really Where, cool. All right, how how can we find this? Because I want to I want to buy. I'm all sorry, you can quite hear of the music. Oh yeah, yeah. How how can we find you online? Where can we go to get your books? Uh, probably uh, my website's probably the easiest. It's uh, my name's Stant Latore, S T A N T L I T O R E dot com. Uh, you can certainly Google uh, Stant Latore or Google the Zombie Bible. You'll be able to find me that way pretty quick. Uh, search on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Uh, my books are out in paperback, Kindle, audiobook. Um, so awesome. yeah, definitely look me up. It's a great website. If you go to the website, you can actually see uh, not only excerpts from the published books, but lots of sneak previews of what's coming up next. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So do you have a timetable set for your next book coming out? You know, we, my publisher and I have not set a formal release date, um, but I'm hoping to turn in the manuscript in a few weeks. Um, so certainly I'm, I'm, I'm expecting by the end of the year that fourth book should be arriving, but we, we haven't, there's still a lot of work to be done. So we haven't set the release date. Um, <clears throat> I can tell you the next book is the first book to take a New Testament story. Oh, so, very cool. uh, do you want like a, you're not, like a you're not writing zombie teaser? Jesus. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Three sentence teaser would be great. All right. So title's not set in stone. Working title is no lasting burial. It's oh. a story set in ancient Galilee. Uh, there is a town called Capernaum. We know them as Capernaum. And uh, in the backstory, before the story starts, actually, you do get to witness this in the story. <clears throat> this town was almost overrun by the dead. And in the morning, those, uh, you know, there were survivors, one group of young men, so torn up inside over the devastation of their town, took those who had lapsed into coma and who were dying and about to become zombies and rode them out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee and bound them and dropped them into the water in this rage and fury and grief, not observing the proper burial rites, just saying, we are going to, we want these dead to writhe bound in the water and suffer for all time, for all eternity, for what, for, for the, the deaths we have witnessed this night. <clears throat> but, over the next 15 years, something uh, pretty awful happens. The fish start, stop coming. The town starts to starve. There's no more fish coming. And on occasion, when you go out and cast up your nets, you bring up a very hungry corpse <laughs> instead of fish. <laughs> Not a good situation. You know, their fathers' fathers told them stories of when there were so many fish in that sea. It was so packed with fish and with the blessings of God that a fisherman could walk from one shore to the other on the backs of fish, just walk across the water. That's the story they tell. But now the fish are drying up. Um, You're lucky if you bring back enough for breakfast. Um, and in this, to this starving uh, town, uh, one day uh, someone who we know but they don't, uh, a famous carpenter, walks into town and the nets fill up with fish and all the fish start start coming back up and all the dead come up with them and then the town <laughs> has to deal with that so that's a teaser no lasting burial probably out uh toward the end of the year but we haven't set a specific date yet i'm still working hard to to complete that manuscript uh the next book after it is going to be truly epic gigantic story uh, going back again to second century Rome and uh, the forgotten sack of Rome when the zombies really did lay waste to ancient Italy. Oh, man. Wow. That's going to be the story of one woman leading refugees out of Rome. 
out of a burning, devoured Rome in search of home, in search of some new place. This is so cool. Wow, very cool. Man, thank you, Stan. Wow, Stan, yeah, thanks for stopping by. Um, we always close with you giving another shout-out and, you know, saying, hey, this is where you can find me. This is where you can get my book. So please tell our listeners where we can get your stuff again. Yeah, you bet. Um, you want to look at stantlatore.com, S-T-A-N-T, stant, L-I-T-O-R-E, latore.com. Uh, or uh, you know, type in Zombie Bible into like Amazon search engine or Google, and you should be able to get a lot of uh, stuff on my website, or, or you can see the books pop right up. So wow, cool. thank you so much. I Absolutely. love zombies, and I just was my mo- I can't wait to get these books. I have my Kindle here. I'm going to download them. Oh yeah, yeah, Kindle <laughs> version's very ex- uh, inexpensive. You can get Death has come up under our windows for one ninety nine. Done. How can so anyone say it. no to that? Done. Done. Oh, Stan, thank you so much. Thank awesome. you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, anytime. Really anytime. enjoyed anytime. talking with you. Anytime. No. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this interview from Starfest 2013. The Real Nerds will see you next year. Thank you so much for listening to Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also stream us on Stitcher Radio. Email us, realnerds at gmail.com. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us, at real underscore nerds. Call us, 720-6nerds5. Like us on Facebook. This has been an Endless Visions production. Until next week, bye.